Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Sally Fallon founding president of the Weston A. Price Foundation, a nonprofit nutrition education foundation returning nutrient dense food to American tables. She is also founder of a campaign for real milk. She is author of the best selling cookbook, The Nourishing Traditions Book of Baby and Child Care, also Nourishing Broth, Nourishing Fats, and Nourishing Diets. She lives with her husband in Southern Maryland, and they are proud owners of P.A. Bowen Farmstead. Welcome, Sally. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. So much knowledge. (laughs) We're going to share that good knowledge with our listeners and empower them, right, with some really good information. So where should we start? I know you're your journey started when you had your own kids and you decided to do your own research. And it was mostly about feeding them the right foods at that time and how good fats were for them. Yeah. yeah. Should we start there? Well, okay. So um, I, you know, I think of myself first and foremost as someone who likes to cook and I had been trained in French cooking and I was uh, bringing my kids up with lots of butter, eggs, whole milk, lots of cream. And we had liver sometimes and lots of eggs, as I said. And this was about the time when this low-fat message was coming out, even low-fat for children, growing children. And I just knew that this was wrong. Um, And I also, at the same time, read Nutrition and Physical Degeneration by Weston Price, who shows these wonderful photographs of native peoples and all of their diets were rich in fats and um, foods containing vitamins A and vitamin D. So I just carried on. I didn't uh, change the way I fed them. And I've always been a kind of contrarian anyway. And they, you know, this little experiment of mine with my own kids, they were very healthy, uh, very strong, good athletes, good in school. And they had naturally straight teeth, which is what Dr. Price's research promises us. And that was all the more amazing because I had to have braces. All my siblings had braces. So I was able to reverse this trend to physical degeneration that Dr. Price talks about. Uh, Then I met Mary Ennig, and I was working on my book, Nourishing Traditions, and she was the scientist of the two of us. And she confirmed everything that I was um, uh, doing for my kids. Uh, She really believed in the good animal fats. She was appalled at the pushing of the vegetable oils and the trans fats. She knew how detrimental they were to our health. So that's how I got started. And that's really the crux of my teaching. I mean, there's a lot of other things I teach about, but the most important thing for your growing children and for their parents and adults is to eat the right fats, to get get your fats right. 
And in so doing, you are going against everything that's being screamed at you by the medical profession. Right? So really interesting. I remember when my girls were really little, I was going through to become a naturopathic doctor and I was feeding them lots of cod liver oil. Yeah. And I remember one day and going, I wonder if I'm giving them too much, you know, you worry because vitamin A can build up. Yes. They have the most perfect teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that vitamin C might've been the contributor. I gave them lots of vitamin C and Uh natural orange juice and anything with vitamin C as well. But you, you, you say it's uh, mostly the vitamin in vitamin A. Well, all all the vitamins are important. Yeah. No question. And we definitely need vitamin C. Uh, We need vitamin C for our adrenal glands, for one thing, to Mm. be able to deal with stress. But the three vitamins that Dr. Price stressed were vitamins A, D, and K. We call them the fat-soluble activators. And everything else depends on getting enough of those. And you can't absorb minerals without adequate A, D, and K. And one thing we do stress is you need all three of these together. We do not recommend taking vitamin D supplements or K supplements or A supplements. You need to get them all together in food because they work together. And if you just, for example, if you're taking a lot of vitamin D, you'll become deficient in vitamin A and have all sorts of health problems. So <clears throat> we need to get these vitamins from food. And these are the high fat, high cholesterol foods that we're being told we shouldn't eat. So yeah. <laughs> to be a good parent these days and to feed your kids right, you really have to be very discerning. And understand that the reason the government is telling you these things is because there's so much money in processed foods and they have to have the vegetable oils as a cheap fat in the processed foods. Right. And yeah, so just be wary of anything that includes a lot of money making. (laughs) (laughs) So see the, um, the, the animal fats, are expensive. It would be very expensive to do French fries and beef tallow. They used to, but uh, the partially hydrogenated oils and the vegetable oils give them, um, you know, a cheaper alternative. Yeah. So what are the best high fat foods that you would suggest for kids? Well, butter. (laughs) Butter is the fat in nature for the growth and development of all mammals. It's got so many things in it that you cannot duplicate in butter substitutes. And uh, we put butter on just everything. My husband and I, between us, eat a stick of butter a day. And uh, so that's where I'd start. And everybody likes butter. And you can put butter on your... um, you know, your toast, you can put butter on your vegetables, on your potatoes, make a butter sauce for meats. It's, you know, it's just a delicious and wonderful fat. And as, as far as I'm concerned, you can't get too much butter. And Sally, I've often wondered, you know, milk, there's different qualities of milk today. Is there, you know, a particular butter that's better? Well, you want butter from grass-fed animals and, uh, that is available even in supermarkets. You can get Kerrygold butter. 
Uh, actually, New Zealand butter is available in some markets now. Uh, and we also recommend that you buy directly from farmers who are producing their own butter and have their cows on pasture. Yeah. And you can do this through, we have a shopping guide that can help you do this. And uh, realmilk.com is a website that basically helps you find raw milk, but also a lot of these farmers do butter as well. Yeah. Very good. And so let's jump into milk. What's happened okay. to that whole industry? Well, you know, milk is nature's perfect food. It's the food designed for um, growth and development and nourishment. The food designed for strong bones, for supporting um, good health, uh, adrenal glands. And But it's also nature's most delicate food. And even heating milk uh, destroys a lot of its um, magical components. And in this country, well, and throughout the world, we have figured out how to completely destroy any benefits from milk by pasteurizing. Now we ultra-pasteurize, uh, homogenizing, spray drying. Uh, there was a study out um, in 2019 from China where they showed that all of these processes that we do to milk uh, destroy the milk in such a way that it um, actually makes the test animals stupid. So the, it's we just if you can't get a raw whole milk, then I would say don't drink milk because right. it's a negative to drink pasteurized milk. And, and the waste, the waste is incredible. You know, every single vitamin and mineral in milk has a special enzyme to ensure 100% assimilation of all these nutrients. And when you heat the milk, uh, you destroy all these enzymes. So the body has to work really, really hard to, dis to absorb the nutrients. And most of them uh, aren't absorbed, whereas they're 100% absorbed when the milk is raw. Yeah. It, it really it boggles the mind yeah. uh, how much waste there is, there happens, that happens when we pasteurize milk. And why did they start to pasteurize in the first place? And maybe you can. Well, the, um, the reason given, of course, is to make it safe, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But we know a lot more about milk today than we used to. And we know that milk contains many components that kill pathogens, prevent them from being absorbed. So Milk is a intrinsically safe food. When you when you think about it, um, uh, most animals are born in very dirty conditions. A calf may be born with her mother, you know, lying on a cow patty or something. Uh, so it does have these antimicrobial components. Um, that was the reason given for our health and for our, well for our safety, right? <laughs> but the actual reason was quite different. The very first laws for pasteurization were passed in New York in 1913, and the committee that passed these laws recognized that raw milk was healthier. But they said it'd be easier for us to inspect just a few pasteurizing plants than to inspect all these little dairies. So it was really just a financial reason. And I've had my own um, inspector here at our farm. She says, well, Sally, we just, uh, we can't afford to inspect a whole bunch of little dairies. And so it's the same reason today. They just, you know, bureaucrats are fundamentally lazy and they don't uh, want to go to the work of inspecting all the small dairies. Yeah. 
So they disguise it as it's best. Yeah, yeah as, a, as a safety thing. Right. And, and the thing is now when you see the milk, the proteins in milk are very fragile. They're these three dimensional objects. They're not like the proteins in meat. Proteins in meat actually become more digestible when you heat them. Mm. But the proteins in milk, it's just the opposite. They are become extremely indigestible and allergenic. And, you know, a milk allergy is the number one allergy today. So much so that sales of fluid milk are rapidly declining. One to 3% per year is relentless. And um, meanwhile, the sales of raw milk are just skyrocketing. And anyone who produces raw milk, we, we just can't keep it in our store uh, because there's such a, a huge demand for it. So my prediction is with 20 or 30 years, there will be no more pasteurized milk. The only milk that will be sold is raw milk. So if you go to realmilk.com, you can find out where who produces it and where they can get it. Yes, you can put in your state, your town, your zip code, and the um, sources of raw milk will come up. Not just the actual dairy, but where they deliver to, what farmer's markets they go to. Yeah, so it's, it's a website that works quite well. Beautiful. So for kids, we've covered butter and milk. Yeah. <laughs> what are what are some other amazing or the best things? Well, I, I think um, it's just real food. Mm. You know, one of the things I am so concerned about is that in processed food, almost all processed food contains MSG. Otherwise, it wouldn't taste good. And now we have a, even a substitute for MSG called Cinemix which is in everything. It's in um, anything that says artificial flavors probably has Cinemix in it. Yeah. Uh, it's in soft drinks. It's in um, potato chips. It's in macaroni and cheese. It's just everywhere. Now, Cinemix hasn't been tested for safety, but MSG has, a lot of research has gone on MSG. And one of the things MSG does is it affects the hypothalamus in a very negative way. And the hypothalamus is the master gland. It's the gland that regulates a weight in people. And so, um, you know, MSG, and there's a very good study that shows that people who eat more, more MSG weigh more, have more obesity. But the other thing is that the hypothalamus is the seat of impulse control. And what are we seeing today? We're seeing young people older people, they have no impulse control. We just had a, a case here in the Washington, D.C. area where a six-year-old shot his teacher. So um, lack of impulse control would be the number one descriptor of this generation. And I am convinced that it's the MSG in the processed food. Yes. So you want to prepare your children's food for them. You give them eggs and bacon, you find a good quality bread, you put butter on it, you, um, you know, you can still give them foods they like, you can make pancakes, but make them yourself. Don't, don't start with a mix because the mix will have this in there. Right. And, you know, you, um, good natural cheese, good natural charcuterie, it's all good uh, for kids and meat and vegetables and fish and potatoes and rice you know just yeah foods that we like we all like um it doesn't have to be a weird diet but it should be a completely natural diet yeah 
I mean, cookies, potato chips, and these are probably. (laughs) I've I've probably made a million batches of almond cookies with maple sugar in them over the years. You know, they can have cookies, but but you need to make them yourself. Yeah. Beautiful. And so that's the main message. Stay yeah. with process. Yeah, food. good fats, raw milk, and real food. How's that? Yeah, <laughs> it's not hard to fun. remember. It's just um, my son is bringing up his two boys. And he said, you know, mom, it's a lot more work to cook for them. And it costs more to cook for them. But fortunately, he's doing it. He understands the uh, importance. Yeah, I find it doesn't take that much longer, really. No. Because it can be quite simple too, and and the th- yes, it can be simple. And you know, the thing is, when kids are well fed, they're so much fun. They they grow normally. They're fun to talk to. They're observant. They um, they're affectionate. They yeah. do well in school, and you're not dealing with uh, a hyperactive child that's bouncing off the walls, right? So it becomes easier. Yes, it's really easier. And in the end, I think you save time because you're not going to, uh, you know, counselors and doctors and special classes for them and all that. They just take care of themselves when they're well nourished. Right. And they're able to converse, like you say, and and think properly and retain information. (laughs) Yeah, I've... um, I had a father once tell me, he said, we made one change, Sally. We just switched to raw milk. And he said, I can't believe how different my kids are. There's so much more fun now. I really like my kids now, he said. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. And so the people that make raw milk, do they also stay away from a lot of the hormones? And I mean, well, uh, yes, typically a raw milk farmer, it's a small herd and they're pasture based. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is what we want. Um, it's only sold in stores in about ten states. So typically, you have to go to the farmers market or the farm itself. And this is another thing that we're trying to encourage. We have something called the fifty percent campaign, where you spend fifty percent of your food dollar in direct purchases from small farms. So, and and what happens when you do that? Well, you're supporting uh, the alternate food system. Oh, I see. Brilliant. Yeah. And that's the only way that we're, these farms are going to survive. It's not, they're not going to survive with legislation. We're not going to change uh, you know, the government. We're not going to change these companies. The only thing we can do is not buy their products yeah. and support and buy the products from conscientious farmers. Yeah. Beautiful. And. So what should we go to next? Cholesterol is also. Oh, yeah, there's one. <laughs> I was talking to some, somebody the other day. We're doing some testing, and I said, we want to test some lard. He said, why do you want to test lard? Lard gives you heart attacks. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's just there's absolutely no evidence. In fact, there's evidence to the contrary. Uh, lard and all these foods uh, don't cause heart disease. They don't cause any kind of disease. And what the industry has done is um, pick out something that's in animal fats, but that's not in vegetable oils. And that something is cholesterol. And so they've made a demon out of cholesterol. They demonize cholesterol to get you to avoid their competition. 
Right. So they, and, and, you know, we really need cholesterol. Babies don't make their own cholesterol. They have to get it from mother's milk. Mother's milk is very rich in cholesterol and contains a special enzyme to ensure that the baby absorbs a hundred percent of the cholesterol because babies cannot make cholesterol and uh, they need cholesterol for uh, growth, for brain development, for hormone production, for digestion. I mean, everything. I mean, cholesterol is absolutely essential molecule in your body. And um, so a milk replacer for calves, the third ingredient is animal fat because they know that the calves will not do well if they don't get animal fat, which is a source of cholesterol. But um, formula for human babies contains no cholesterol. It's made of skim milk. Even the crunchy goat milk organic formulas are made with defatted goat milk and um, vegetable oils and a sweetener. That's basically it. And um, so the formulas, they're not scientific. They're, it's just horrendous that we think we can give these to our formulas to our kids and that they'll be healthy. Right. And then there's soy formulas. Yeah. <laughs> Comment on that. Yeah. Well, the soybean, um, 80% of the oil used in processed food is soybean oil. And they also take the sludge from the oil which is high in protein and they separate out the protein and they've used that for all kinds of foods, but also for baby formula, which is probably the most criminal thing that was ever foisted on the American public aside from vaccinations. (laughs) And the soy formula is very high in estrogens and the soybean oil is very high in estrogens. So when uh, you give this to babies, you're giving them far more estrogen than they should have in their bloodstream. Now, little boys, in fact, have a testosterone surge the first six months of life where they're programmed to express male characteristics in puberty. And if you flood the bloodstream with the estrogens from soy, and if they're on soy, they have 13,000 to 22,000 times more estrogens in their bloodstream than if they're not on soy. And so we have to ask, what is this doing? It is uh, um, kind of hijacking this programming for the boys to express male characteristics at puberty. And little girls on soy formula have lots of problems with their menstruation. They tend to um, mature very early, uh, breast development sometimes at the age of three. So it's really tragic. But you know, it's also in the oil. A tablespoon of soybean oil contains as much estrogen as a birth control pill. And when you eat chicken nuggets or French fries or anything uh, containing soybean oil or cooked in soybean oil, you're just getting this flood of estrogens and it's not normal. It's going to have an effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something, isn't it? And then take the cholesterol out as well. And Yes. Yes. So the, yeah. Infant formula is a scandal and the soy soy formula is is a crime. It's really a, a crime against humanity. Yeah. Now, um, use of soy formula has really gone down since we started. In fact, I've heard people from the industry complain about this. Soy formula sales have been cut in half by the work that we've done. 
but it's still out there and we still have the soybean oil and we still have the soy being fed to animals, which comes through in their milk and egg yolks and fat. <clears throat> so yeah, we need to get rid of the soy. <laughs> That's another uphill battle. So what would you say to someone who just couldn't breastfeed and formula that is yeah, the formula is hopeless. So good. Well, we <laughs> we have um, three recipes for homemade formula. Oh, good. Uh, they were first published in Nourishing Traditions, but uh, they're also on our website. And um, so the first one is based on raw cow's milk. We have a second one based on raw goat milk. And then occasionally you'll get a child who just cannot do any kind of milk, even mother's milk. And we have one based on liver, liver and broth. Uh, years ago, I was at a conference and a man sat down next to me and he showed me this picture of his beautiful little girl. He gave it to me, it's still on my dresser. And her name was uh, Skylar. He said, Skylar was dying. We were on day 10, she couldn't hold down anything. She wouldn't nurse any kind of formula. She did projectile vomiting. She was starving to death. And so out of desperation, we thought, well, we have no other choice. We're going to make this liver formula. <laughs> and they made the liver formula and gave her a bottle, and she wolfed it down and kept it down. Oh. And so she thrived on the liver formula. So there's a lot of alternatives. Um, they do require that you make this every morning. It takes about 10 minutes to put it together. Um, and when I hear a mom complain about that, I say, well, you know, if you want healthy children, you're going to be making food for them for 18 years. So right. you're complaining about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, this formula has really been a lifesaver. And, you know, when there was the formula shortage, um, the traffic on our formula page increased a thousand percent. A lot of moms tried it. Yeah, beautiful. And I think that's why raw milk sales have gone up so much because. Yeah, you know, people were actually reading about this. Yeah, which is just amazing. Going to the dairies, yeah, yeah. I like. I remember when my kids were little. I would. I knew the power of programming. Yes, and, and so I we knew to feed them only whole foods, and they develop a taste for it. Yes, yes. And I would be able to feed them fish oil, like they would be like little birds asking for it, and it wasn't flavored at all. You mean the cod liver oil? Yeah, I, I did both. I did some fish. Oh, yeah. but, and we actually oil. don't recommend fish oil. You don't? How come? Well, it's very highly processed. Yeah, I got one that wasn't. any vitamins, yeah. and the omega-3 will be ruined anyway. Yeah, there are some there are some good producers that don't process it as much. Well, and you could sure. get too much omega-3. Yes, true. Right. And what yeah. about cod liver oil? Can you get too much of that with kids? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. You can get too much of anything. You can get too much yeah. water. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. And there's only a few brands that we recommend and they're posted on our website. Okay. Our shopping mm -hmm. yeah. Because most cod liver oil today goes through something called molecular distillation, which mm -hmm. just completely ruins it. And they, it, it ruins all the vitamins and they have to add synthetic vitamins back into it. So. Yeah, be careful with the cod liver oil. Yes. And what I was going to say, too, is when they were really little, we would say things like, oh, McDonald's is horrible, tastes terrible. Yeah. 
<laughs> they they didn't even try McDonald's so I think yeah. they were 16. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course you never want to give them sodas or anything like that. I, no. I'm just shocked to see parents give sodas to their kids. Well, you know, you know, where's your common sense? Yeah. yeah. And then they develop a taste for that too. Yeah. Craving yeah. for well, the Well, we had a, a, a case in our neighborhood here. A little boy became addicted to macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. And that was the only food that he would eat. And he was losing weight. He was getting sicker and sicker. And finally, in desperation, this family came to our store and got some raw milk. And this is the kind of family that, uh, you wouldn't think would be into alternatives at all, but they came and got the raw milk and the boy is gaining weight and thriving. And I don't know if they've been able to get him off of the macaroni and cheese, but the reason kids get addicted to these things is there's an addiction technology that the food industry knows about and basically based on MSG, but they put substances in the food that make you addicted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sad but true. Gosh, it's all about money. And it, it's really it's, all about money and the bottom line. And yeah. uh, the other thing that just so so why won't the industry put whole milk in the formula? And why is the industry think it's fine to give skim milk to the children in the school lunches? Mm. The reason is because they don't make a lot of money on the butterfat when it's actually in the milk. If they take the butterfat out and put it in ice cream, they make a lot more money on it. So basically these kids are starved all day on skim milk. And then when they get home, they eat a half a gallon of ice cream right out of the freezer. And the industry makes a lot more money on the butterfat that way. And tell us about ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, uh, get an ice cream maker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I made a lot of ice cream for my kids. When you make ice cream with cream and egg yolks and maple syrup, vanilla, it's delicious. It's good for them. And uh, the problem with commercial ice cream is, first of all, it's so sweet. Um, a lot of it doesn't even have cream in it. And um, it has antifreeze in it. Yeah. So, you know, when you take ice cream out of the freezer, you the spoon dips in right away. It's creamy. But if you make homemade ice cream and take it out of the freezer, you have to let it thaw a little bit before you can get that spoon in. And the commercial ice cream is creamy because it has antifreeze in it. Propylene glycol, uh, which they say is um, uh, um, see what's, uh, safe for humans or food grade. That's what they say. There's food grade. <laughs> and so yeah, they can use it, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, antifreeze is very toxic to the kidneys. You can kill somebody from kidney failure by giving them antifreeze. Yeah. So uh, and um and we have so much kidney disease in this country and the first thing i say is get off the ice cream <laughs> and make your own. It doesn't mean you have to stop eating ice cream but you need to make your own. Yeah. Because every bite of ice cream has antifreeze in it. Yeah. Every and, bite of commercial ice cream, let's put it like yeah. that. You know, and if you cut out sugar all together for 2 to 3 weeks, when you go back to eating these things, it tastes like the ice cream now tastes like poison to me. Yeah. It's so sweet. I, mm. I Yeah. I, I you, you want to get to the point, not where you have to use willpower to not eat the cookies and the ice cream, all, you know, all the commercial sweet things, but where your body just says, I don't want this. 
you want to get to the point where your body says, ooh, I don't want chocolate. Um, and that happens when you eat a really nutrient-dense diet with plenty of good fats. Right. And I find that the stigma like of never wanting to be sick as well is mm -hmm. harmful because it trains our immune system and we shouldn't really be afraid of it if we're eating good foods. Yeah. But each time I've gotten sick, I find this really interesting. Um, my body is cleansing and then yes. I will go off of something that's been, you know, a, an addiction I've had like mm -hmm. coffee, say, mm -hmm. Or uh, I, I had, I would, I would eat chips. I have to admit, I was <laughs> simply addicted to them. But after being having a flu one time for in it, I at you that time yeah. never ate them again. And I just listened to my body. Right, it was saying time to get off of these. Yeah, yeah. Well, and children need to have these cleansing periods too. You know, this mm -hmm. idea that they shouldn't get a cold, shouldn't get the flu, shouldn't get the measles, I think is very harmful to them. They should get these things. Yeah. It strengthens them. Yeah, it, it strengthens their immune system. And there's studies showing that it increases their ability to think as well. Like they have yes. huge, huge jumps in intellect. Yes, but, and also it protects them against cancer later on. Right. And so fevers as well are really good. Fevers are very important. And there have been studies on fever and they find that if you let the child have the fever, they actually recover more quickly. Yeah. And if you try to suppress the fever. Yes. I always support fevers. Um, th that's what burns off what, whatever needs to be burned off in the yeah. body. Right. Yeah. So if we suppress it, then the body can't do its job. Right. Right. So what have we not covered that you would love to tell us today? <laughs> I know you're big into fermented food as well. Yes. Yeah, so a couple other themes that the Weston A. Price Foundation, um, one is bone broth, making mm. bone broth and putting it in soups and sauces and gravies. First of all, it'll make you be a wonderful cook, but also uh, bone broth nourishes all of your uh, collagen in your body because that's what bone broth is. It's melted collagen. So your joints, your tendons. Um, also, bone broth helps us detoxify, and that's why it's good when you're sick to have chicken soup. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Another theme is the proper preparation of grains. Uh, a lot of cultures ate grains. We're not against grains, uh, but in traditional cultures, they always prepared these grains with great care by soaking or fermenting. So we soak our oatmeal overnight before we cook it the next day. We do sourdough bread. Um, just, you need to be careful with grains because they're very hard to digest. And people have gone overboard on the whole grains and the whole grains are, have more nutrition in them, but they're also, they have more anti-nutrients in them. Right. And we now we have this epidemic of IBS and Crohn's disease and so forth. So a lot, we, we put a lot of attention on digestion, making foods more digestible or making sure they're digestible. So you don't add, you want raw milk because it's more digestible. You want cooked meat because that's more digestible. You want uh, foods with broth because it makes them more digestible. You want soaked grains because they're more digestible. Uh, then we have the fermented foods like raw sauerkraut, raw pickles. You have um, 
Uh, kombucha is the fermented food. Um, so you want these raw fermented foods because they feed our gut biome. And um, I like to say there's more good bacteria in a tablespoon of sauerkraut, raw sauerkraut, than there is in a whole bottle of probiotic pills. And that's how our ancestors uh, got their, uh, fed their gut biome was with fermented foods. Yeah. And the last one, I think, is salt. Um, people are trying to avoid salt and cut back on salt. But salt is really important in the diet. And the studies have shown that the ideal intake of salt is between one and a half and three teaspoons per day. Uh, some people need more salt than others. And one and a half teaspoon is just about what Americans eat today. And I often say that's one area where we are so much more fortunate than our ancestors because everybody has access to salt. Uh, that wasn't true in the past. The governments had monopolies on salt, and that's how they control the people withholding salt. But we all have access to salt today. And of course, you want an unrefined natural salt with all the minerals still in it. Yeah. And um, sea salt, is that considered? Well, look at the color. Um, a lot of sea salt is, is actually refined. So it should be yeah. gray, beige, or pink, uh, showing the presence of minerals. Yeah, so where's the best place to get unrefined salt? Well, most health food stores carry it. Again, mm -hmm. um, our shopping guide, we update it every year. We have a whole page on good uh, natural salt. Um, so it's, it's not hard to find. Yeah, and just comment on iodine, because I know that iodine's been put in salt for thyroid conditions. but Yeah, um, a lot of debate on that. Um, um, one point of view is that uh, people are getting too much iodine now with the iodized salt. And in fact, they're, they're not doing it as much anymore as they used to. Um, caused hypo, hyperthyroidism. And if you uh, consume natural salt, you'll be getting a small amount of iodine and it's in the right form. And right, of course, it would be there. Because there has been such stigma on salt in general as well, right? That's yeah. another one that's. Well, you know, they don't give, they tell you not to give salt to babies. They tell you not to give salt while you're pregnant, eat salt while you're pregnant. Oh, that's just horrible advice because babies need salt for the development of their brains and nervous system. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they like even adults, you know, you'll say, ask if they're getting enough salt or the right kind of salt. And they've cut salt out completely. Well, high blood pressure. Yeah, we have a friend who was on a low salt diet by advice of his doctor, and he ended up in the hospital with uh, what they call hyponatria, mm. low sodium. And he was in the hospital for three days getting a drip, saline drip to get him back to normal. Yeah. So it's very dangerous not to get enough salt. And some need more than others. I'm one of these people who actually needs a lot of salt. I add a pinch of salt to the water that I drink. Yes, that's a brilliant thing to do in the morning. Yeah, and right. I'll, I'll tell you the best, if you have trouble getting to sleep at night, I keep a little jar of uh, unrefined salt in my dresser table and I take a pinch just as I'm getting into bed. And I'll tell you, it really puts you to sleep. Oh, lovely. I've always used, um, well, I use MagFoss cell salts. 
But yes, you can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. But why is it the salt that helps you sleep? Well, we just had an article on that. Um, about it was called salt and dopamine. Mm. And it was a very good explanation for why this works. And it has to do with um, raising dopamine levels, you know, feel good chemicals. So. Right. Which helps you relax. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Sally, thank you so much. That was just jam-packed. And how do people find your information? Of course, I'll put links in the show notes. Okay, so the Weston A. Price Foundation is westonaprice.org. Weston is W-E-S-T-O-N, the man's name. And we uh, it's a huge website that we actually have something called Take a Tour on the right-hand column if you want to start there. But I encourage you to become a member and receive our journal. Um, our journal is really cutting edge. And um, that's the number one reason given for being a member. Uh, so there's the Weston A. Price Foundation. If you're looking for raw milk, that's realmilk.com. And then my blog is nourishingtraditions.com. I just wrote a blog on salt, uh, by the way, why we need salt. Okay. I also write for the Epic Times. If you go to Epic Times and put my name in, my picture will come up. If you click on that, you'll get my articles for the Epic Times. Oh, you do? That's great. Yeah, they're trying, they're doing some education now too, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yes. love it. Any final words? Well, thank you for having me. And I just, I'm just so determined to get this information out there. Uh, the situation with our young people and our children today is desperate. It's really desperate. They just did a survey of young women, and I think 40% responded that they felt depressed. Mm. So, uh, yeah, and that's because they're not eating fats. They're, you know, low-fat, low-salt diet, or they're eating soy and lots of sugar, not eating enough animal foods. And, um, yeah, it's it's really serious what's going on right now. Right, and probably too connected to devices and not connected enough. All of that as well. Of course, we know that children should play outside. You shouldn't give them a cell phone until they're much, much older. And uh, yeah, yeah uh, but let's start with the foods. Yeah, it's the easiest place to start, right? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sally. Thank you for having me. And if you'll send me a link, uh, we'll put this on our Facebook page. I will. Thank you. And remember... Don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. You can find more inspiring episodes on 14 different platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and EmpoweredHealth.com. Be a part of Thrive Tribes. Be the change in Thrivolution at ThriveTribeHub.com. And join me and my fellow changemakers at Health Tribe, Body, Mind, and Soul on Facebook. Spiral up. Spiral out.